Game of Gold podcast. Iteration. From the lands of Western Canada. I give you the Umbrella Academy. Welcome to this week from the Cave of Cool. of Western Canada, the Wakanda of the North. Welcome to This Week from the Cave of Cool. I am Kelvin Hyten. And I'm M.D. Jackson. And this week, movies and television, we'll talk about the Umbrella Academy. It was a comic book, and now it's a Netflix television series. We'll talk about both. You guys are in for a real treat, because this one has got so much great analysis of the pop culture that we all love. The same kind of great analysis that you can find daily at Calvin's Canadian Cave of Cool, your source for everything cool on the internet. What a brand that is, Nabisco. Call me. I need some of that FU money. In October 1989, 43 women around the world gave birth. None of these women had been pregnant when the day first began. How much do you want for it? I have adopted six children. Gifted with abilities far beyond the ordinary. I give you... The Umbrella Academy. Oh, the Umbrella Academy is so great. Now, got, this is the Umbrella Academy, of course, independent comic book. Or what, what was the company that does? Okay, it was, um, um, it was Dark Horse. Dark Horse? And Dark Horse was one of those ones that, like, uh, there's Marvel in D.C., Yep. And then there's Image and Dark Horse. Mm-hmm. Uh, Image, Image was kind of creatively owned, and so was Dark, but Dark Horse was creatively owned before. It was very independent right from the beginning, right. and they did a lot of uh, uh, licensing. They did the Predator comics, mm-hmm. they did the Alien comics, really yep. good stuff. They did Hellboy. Mike Mignola went there when he started, um, and a lot of uh, they did uh, John Byrne's Next Men, and then they they picked up this series, which was written by uh, Gerard Way of the band My Chemical Romance. Yeah, he's the lead, lead singer for My lead Chemical singer, Romance. and if you, it's a '90s kind of uh, one of those bands that uh, uh, those alternative bands that dressed in all black with the eye makeup and everything, and yeah. and they had some good songs and stuff. But I, I watched him being interviewed with the artist friend of his, uh, um, Gabriel Ba. Yeah. Um, and Gabriel was just a normal kind of Latin guy with a mustache and, and a little goatee, right, and a, and yeah. a baseball cap. But Gerard Way has got this kind of hillbilly thing with his mouth when he talks. Right? Yeah. It, it's very bizarre. And he, he he's kind of looks like he's put on – because the clips I see of him that they show when they talk about this comic are him probably 100 pounds lighter. Yeah. When he could fit into the Lycra spandex and all this, right, in the videos yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And now, he was, he's a little, now he's a little more comfortable in life. Okay, comfortable. You know? That's a good yeah. way to put it. Yeah. That's right. He, he got a bit of a dad body, I'll say. Yeah, okay. And right. he's wearing, like, the, the normal flannel with the T-shirt, yeah. right, the, and, the, and the, the shorts to the knees, right, <laughs> and socks with runners, yeah. right? It's his look. And he's not wearing a ball cap because he's got the hair, right? He's still got some nice hair going. Yeah. But he's got that weird, you know, talk. But yeah. he's a smart kid. I love mm-hmm. his storytelling. Yeah, he, he so, must have read a billion comics and graphic novels and came up with something so brilliantly um, condensed. You know, mm-hmm. it was like a good bisque. Yes, it's like, it's like a superhero bisque. Now it was you know? because you know Gerard Way and Gabriel Ba, who's you know, from uh, Brazil, uh, Brazilian yes. artist. Yep. Uh, the Umbrella Academy, um, great comic book. And so now, Netflix. of course, Netflix licensed it and, and turned it into a TV series. Right. And again, the concept is extremely high. Mm-hmm. You know, in 1989, on October 30th, day before Halloween, uh, what was it? 49 or 48 women uh, became pregnant. And, and, but they gave birth to their babies on the same day they became pregnant. Yes. Like they didn't start the day pregnant, mm-hmm. but they ended it with a baby. Yeah. And so this uh, um, Hargreaves who was an eccentric millionaire philanthropist. Sir, and Sir, Reginald, Sir Reginald Hargreaves. Sir, Sir Reginald Hargreaves um, went around the world, and he, he adopted seven of them. Of course, he told everybody he only adopted six of them, but he had seven of them. Seven of them. And each one of them has extraordinary powers, but not overpowered, but just powerful enough yeah. that they're, they're, they're the superior of the humans around them. Mm-hmm. And he trained them to be superheroes as children, as yeah. teenagers, young teens. Mm-hmm. And they had, a, they had a superhero career that's alluded to. Um, until they kind of disbanded and they hadn't seen each other in a long time. And on the, the event of Hargreaves death, all the children come home for his funeral. Right. And all the children are not, um, they're not stable either. 
Yeah. You know? So now this is this is a dysfunctional superhero family. Wow. If, so, if there ever was one. It's like the old child actor kind of thing. You know, they're, they're totally screwed up. Exactly. They were, because they were, they, they were taken for the wrong purposes. Mm-hmm. You know, he must have known something was special about them. There's a whole, like, it just makes your mind twist when you realize where all this can go. But he took these children and he turned them into superheroes, which is kind of a megalomaniacal thing to do, mm-hmm. right? Uh, one of them has got, uh, number one, they call him, right? That's Luther. Luther. You know, he's the one that's got the super strength. Mm-hmm. And but he's also in the comic. He's got the, the top half of his body is a gorilla body. Yes. He's got a human head and human legs. Yeah. So he's huge and strong, but he's got a gorilla torso. Yeah. A brilliant concept on the strong guy, right? The strong mm-hmm. man. Um, but he's been on the moon for the past number of years before the death because his father sent him to the moon. Yes. Why to the moon? You know. But never told him why. Yeah. You know. But he lives on the moon. Mm-hmm. Um, number two is the kraken. He's the psychopath who never misses with his knives, right? That's, he's that's, like Bullseye. That's, that's Diego. Diego, yes. Um, he's, he's very close to his mother, mm-hmm. who has her own issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but Diego um, is the bad boy, right? right. He, he wants to be a detective. He solves crimes around the city, and it puts him in conflict with the local detective who happens to be an attractive woman, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, so they have a thing where they, you know, she gets him out of jail when he gets caught at these crime scenes, right? This is in the series. In the, in the, in the comic books, that's, that, that element isn't in there. Oh, that's right. That's right. Sorry. I'm, well, I guess we're talking about both. But it works. But, it works but, both ways. It, it works. It, it works in the TV series, yeah. That's right. You've got to give him something to do, right, instead of just sit around and throw his knives at, at stuff. Yep. And that really expanded his character and gave him a little more depth too, because there's sad things that happen to Diego too that that break your heart. Yeah. Because he's not a, he's not a bad kid. He just is really good at throwing knives and doing violence, uh, right? And you yep. need that when you're superheroes sometimes. Mm-hmm. Then there's number three, and that's Allison, and she's known as Rumor. Now yes. she's got potentially the greatest power of them all because she could say things like, "I heard a rumor you caught on fire," and boom, that person would catch on fire. Yeah. She could say anything. She, she can influence put, people with just. Just by yes. suggesting something. By suggesting something. Yeah. It's an awesome power to have. And, mm-hmm. of course, in, in the TV series, Allison uses it to become a world-famous movie star. Mm-hmm. So now that's di- and, again, that's different from the comic books. Again, much different from the comic books. They didn't really have outside lives in the comic books. Yeah. Right? And then there's number four, and that's Klaus. He's the, the, the guy who can communicate with the dead and the spirits. Right. But he has to be sober to do it. Mm-hmm. So he spent most of his life being high and being a degenerate and, and, and getting into trouble and stuff. And that kind of propels the story, too, because he lets go of something very precious that allows somebody else to, you know, uh, let's say he becomes their villain, right? Yeah. Their villain is a good villain because he's got – you see why he's the villain. I, you understand why Magneto is the way he is? Mm-hmm. Because he spent his childhood in a, in a concentration camp. Yeah. Of course he would. He's been labeled all his life. Yeah. Um, and that's the same thing with the, with the villain in the, the Umbrella Academy. Totally different from the comic book, mm-hmm. um, but I think almost more intimate and better. I think if they would have been in such a big element as, as the orchestra, right? Yes. It was like the Orchestra of Death or something. It was like um, Orchestra Macabre or something. The or- Orchestra Macabre, yes. That's and right. It, it was, it was you know, the, the fellow who, in, in the comic book, the fellow who uh, is in charge of that makes no bones about the fact that he's a super villain. Right, right. Yeah, which they, they considerably change for the TV series. But, right, know. they do. But again, there is a villain that's out to exploit the family. Yeah. And the villain uses the same person to exploit the family. And then, of course, then there's number, there's number five. Number five is the one who traveled through time. Number he, five is number five. He, he, he disappeared. Really he just, he doesn't right. have a name. He's just number so five. So when he, when he was a teenager, he got kind of a, a fight with his, fa- his father who said that, you know, you, he's a teleporter. Mm. But he can also teleport in time. Yes. Like forward in time, but usually he goes backwards in time or just within the time he's in, he can teleport around the room. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he's a kid, but he teleports into the future where he gets stuck in the future. Yep. And he teleports into a future that's apocalyptic. Mm-hmm. And the, the world has been destroyed. And it takes him 50 years. He grows into an old man before he is able to leave the future and get back. But, of course, when he comes back, he's back in the body of his 15-year-old back, self. Yeah, back in his 13-year-old body. Right. But he's as smart as he ever was mm-hmm. um, as an adult. Yeah. So think how frustrating that is for him, that everyone around him is, is a, a mental midget, right? And he's got to deal yeah. with them. Yeah. And he's nine steps ahead of his family, and he's got to explain everything to them, right? Mm-hmm. And he knows there's only eight days before the apocalypse because he knows the day it happened. And he knows it has something to do with our family. Yeah. So that's a nice little setup too, right? Because you know, okay – we're, we're rushing toward this apocalypse, right? And these guys got to either get their shit together and, and save us all or they die mm-hmm. and save nobody, right? That's right, yeah. And that's, I, found that ver- I, I find that very compelling. Yeah. I find that the interaction. Um, and then um, number six, 
is number six died. Number six was number the six kid. was Ben. Yeah, it's Ben. ben. Number six, ben, ben died when they were teenagers. Now, Ben had these tentacles that came out when he wanted to. Mm-hmm. He could turn into a creature that was human from the waist up and uh, um, octopus killer tentacles from the waist down. And yeah. he could just thrash people. Yeah. Like if they needed to be dead, they was dead, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, but, and Ben, of course, can talk when, 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 uh, when Klaus is sober, Ben can talk to him because Ben yeah. uh, you know, was one of the spirits of the dead. Yeah. So Ben is very much in the story too. Yeah. Um, and then there's number seven, poor Vanya. Vanya. Vanya, who her father never made a member of the, the Umbrella Academy. He never believed in her. He kept her down. He deliberately kept her down because maybe she was the most powerful of them all. She was the one really to fear. And, of course, when you, when you think of that and the apocalypse, that maybe the old man was right all along, right? And Vanya discovers about things about herself that maybe she wasn't ready to discover all at once. But that's where our villain comes in, mm-hmm. and again, very effective. Yeah, um, uh, I love the side the side stories of uh, Hazel and Chacha. Now, the Hazel and Chacha are characters that actually don't appear. Now, the, this is based on the, the first yes comic book story, which was like yes. seven issues, which was the yep. Apocalypse Suite. Apocalypse Suite. But yes. they brought uh, elements from the other stories in. Um, they really did. They they brought in the one Dallas that they, they brought in the Vietnam story for Klaus, yeah. which I thought was very nice. Yeah, that was a really great character building episode i just i love klaus after that i felt sorry for him which which i should well yeah right he's uh, well, he's really suffering yeah uh, so so that was brilliant and, and then so again H- you're right you're, you're right about the other part other one now hazel and cha-cha are played by uh in the comic books you don't see them with their masks off but in the, no in, no in the one TV wears series, a pig mask yeah and the other one wears a uh was it a, a boar uh, something weird like that like a bear yeah. kind of thing a bear that's it yeah yeah but, the uh, in the in the TV series they're played by uh, Mary J Blige. Wow, eh? What a performance! And uh, Hazel is played by um, is a, a man and his. Oh God, I can't remember his name. Yeah. Um, but he has such a great relationship with that Canadian actress, that old that's been in everything Canadian. What yes. Uh, and and. Um, and this was filmed in Vancouver, so that made that fell in perfectly with the the rules, you know. Yep. They probably had to hire some Canadian actors and stuff. Well, so. you know, they had to. But, I mean, I think that they were – actually, it was filmed in Toronto, I think. Oh, was it? Um, okay, it doesn't matter. It was filmed in Canada, yeah. Yeah, filmed in Canada. And um, Sheila McCarthy. Who, Sheila who, McCarthy. Sheila yes, McCarthy. Who was also in, she also was in uh, – she's been in lots of stuff. But she was in um, the earlier episode of uh, Star Trek Discovery this season. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, she's, of course, made her first big feature debut in uh, I Heard the Mermaids Singing. I Heard the Mermaids which was, Singing. Which was back in the 80s, which was. Yeah. Uh, and that was the time you can go to the video store and get a really good movie. Yeah. Because you were bored, mm-hmm. right? And you'd heard about this one, and so you picked it up. That's a good yeah. one to pick up. Yeah. You know? Good yeah. Canadian cinema is a really good representation. That's right. But she's been in everything. She's on movies and, you know, Anna Green. Anytime they need it, she doesn't, she doesn't care if it's a big yeah. part or a little part. Yeah. And she does a really good job, and I like her in this one too. Yeah, and Cameron yeah. Cameron Britton plays uh, Hazel, and he yes, and he, she's the donut lady, and he gets involved with her. Uh, right. Actually, she's a character from the comic books, the donut lady. Right. Uh, she's ex- greatly expanded for the TV series, of course. Again and again, the, Hazel and Chacha are two time assassins. They yeah. just go through time killing people that the time agency in the future tells them to to kill. And, and they're they're looking they're searched, they're looking for number five. Yes, that's who, right. Who, as a fifty year old man in the future became employed by the time agency, which is the reason why he was able to suddenly... And, uh, we won't ruin it, but boy, that you think all that time paradox stuff would twist your brain, mm-hmm. but they do it so well that you yeah. start to believe that it's just a bad corporation yeah. <laughs> that is in charge of time travel. Yeah. And maybe somebody got to shut them down. Yeah. And number five, just, you know, he's... He's, he's number he's, five. He's the, he's the five, number five, <laughs> yeah. Um, now, with the TV series, they, they, they each episode does a number of they do some show-stopping numbers. Uh, mm-hmm. In in issue or episode number one, that's that. Uh, they do a little dance thing. Uh, each each of the I members think we're alone now. Academy. Yeah, they're in the, they're in their and, own rooms, and Luther puts on "I Think We're Alone" now by, 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 by uh, Tiffany. Tiffany. And please, if you're a man our age, mm-hmm. please, was there nobody more adorable in the age of video than when that song came out? Yes. No, nobody. Well, she was, other than she Debbie, was, no, she was better than Debbie, Debbie Gibson. But Debbie Gibson, of course, which later on on the Sci-Fi Channel, there was like Killer Shark versus Mega Octopus or something like that. Yeah, it was one of those were... big monster movies. But it was Debbie Gibson and Tiffany, and Tiffany were the two were stars it, yeah. of that one. Yeah. I, I couldn't miss it. Yeah. Um, Tiffany, she's looking okay now. 
but but not as good as Debbie Gibson. Debbie Gibson survived that time a little better. But boy, Tiffany was adorable in those days. Yeah, Tiffany, I, Tiff, Tiffany back then in the '80s was was like Carly Rae Jepsen today. But, okay, no, no. Can we just, I'll say it just quickly because I know we're here and we just mentioned her name, right? Yeah. Carly Rae Jepsen, also like a Tiffany, cute as a button, right? Comes out with that great song, Call Me, Call Me Maybe, or whatever. Yeah, yeah Call yeah. Me Maybe. Yeah. Huge hit. She's adorable. She looks like 16, but she was, of course, 28 at the time she made that. She's just very cute and young looking and little yeah. and stuff. Uh, when she sang at the Canada Day, she sang one song, that one. I've only ever seen her on a TV show sing one song, that one. And then she comes out, and this is what cooks my brain. She comes out, she doesn't have to tell us all this, but she decides to release this fact that knowing that Carly Rae Jepsen could have said anything before this point, and people would have ignored it. But because she said this specific thing, um, people pay attention. She said she's got 200 songs in the vault finished. Then why not release one album? Pick up your eight best. Now, this is, she's got 200 songs like written or recorded. No, recorded. Recorded. So she's got she 200 says, songs. She claims recorded in the vault. She called it the vault, in the which vault. means that it, it's, it's on some, some uh, flash drive in her, in her shoe closet. <laughs> I mean, the girl is just mental. I mean, if you're that uh, unbelievable, like if you could even reach half of the, that's like if, if Gundam style, right? Yeah. If, if Pat came and said, this is what, this is my next song after Gundam style, right? Yeah. And it just blew the world's brains off. But right? it's like, she's going to wait, she, you know, because, you know, she's going to wait until her big hit. Starts only making like you know two bucks. Why? Until <laughs> until the UN until the UN offers her a job to go to Africa yeah. to to deal with poverty and she gets the Ebola because that's yeah. what'll happen to her. Because release the damn songs. Yeah. Enjoy the moment. Like I'm t I'm serious. Take two hundred. Hire some people that know about this and let them pick out ten good ones. Well, yeah. You know. You could be the next thriller if you're so damn freakishly talented. <laughs> Carrie Underwood. <laughs> Who right, still so appears on my feet, and though I have told the Facebook robot many, many times, you don't I want to see no stories about Honey Boo Boo, Mama June, or Carrie Underwood. And the imaginary she, scar. That's fake, that scar. How many times have I seen pictures where it's like, this is me without makeup at the gym. I look hideous. And it's her face, close up, so close up that I could make it my, my, my screensaver, and it blows up on the entire screen, and I cannot see that scar. Well, I don't like, know where it is. It, it's like you, you remember you remember the Frank Miller's The Dark Knight. Yes. In there, uh, the Two Face. Yes. Plastic surgery. Bruce Wayne pays for plastic surgery, and he's right. he's all normal. But of course, he doesn't see that. He doesn't see it. He still no. he still thinks he's Two Face, and that's yeah. that's the tragedy of Carrie it, Underwood. It is. I don't know what happened. I uh, I don't know if she made it up. I don't know if she got a tiny little boo boo and she blew it out of proportion, or if she was viciously like raked. And her face was opened up, right? Like, I, I just, I see no evidence of that. I mean, this is a woman who had skin since she was born. So any kind of damage that was done to it, what do you think would appear on this face? But it just does not. She, it, it, and I think an injury that great that it got her all this sympathy, it just makes me insane. How'd she get away with it? It's like it's like the the, the it's like that that magic movie, um, Prestige. That Prestige. It's like that. Yeah. It's one of those prestige magic tricks. That I haven't figured out, but I know. Like my dad said, oh, "It's a trick, but it's a good trick." It's a good trick. <laughs> it's a good well, trick. I think her therapist needs to have a lot to say about that. About, you know. Oh my God, no! It's her publicist. Okay, you know, because she yeah. she believes it, so everybody buys into it, and then the stories come out, and she's getting all this sympathy. It's it's addictive. Mm. You know, she's mm. it, it's gone so far right now. She could never admit that nothing happened. Yeah. Or that, or that she killed a girl who looked exactly like her and had her brain transferred into that girl's body because she was such a hideous freak that yeah. she had to wear a towel around her face. Now, you see, like, now you've got, yeah, you've got I mean, okay. Now look, you know, Jason Momoa, he's got a scar, and you know how he got the scar. Someone, you know, broke yeah. a bottle and you know was, you know, fighting him. Um, but again, Her what if Harrison, you do Ford, Harrison right. Ford has a scar. He's Famous had a scar one. his whole life. Famous scar. Where, where's Jason Momoa's scar? It's up in his eyebrow. Okay, so yeah, you can see that all the time. Yeah. But what did Jason Momoa do this week that, that sent the world all the Twitter? And, you, and again, you had the best comment of all you know, anyone. I mean, he um, he took to um, bring attention to the the, the cause of uh, plastic one-use uh, razors and stuff. Yeah. Um, he he shaved off his his famous uh, beard, which he had shaved back beard, in twelve yeah. years. Yeah. Trademark beard, and of course, he's still the most handsome some bitch um, on the planet, right? Yeah. And gives you that smile, even while the face on, you're just going, okay, Jason. Yeah, you win. Take the last pork chop, you son of a bitch. I'm not going to even look at that pork chop. You just take it. I, wanna, I don't even want to look at you until you've eaten it, but take it. You gave me that eyebrow yeah. no, thing. No, he, 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 he's been shaving before. I mean, when he was, he was yes. Conan in 2011, he had yes. he was shaved. 
I want to see what I want to. I wonder if for Dune they'll make him get that close military cut like Duncan Idaho would have, right? Well, now he's probably shaved the beard for Dune. That's probably why they probably ah. said, want you to shave the beard for Dune. And so and he said, "Okay, well, I'll make a big video about it, and I'll try and bring attention to recycling." That's very smart. That's so, extremely smart. That's I like that. What he did, I like you know? that's a rock level kind of move. And again, I got to mention, go watch the trailer, guys, for Hobbs and Shaw. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think it's the final evolution of the, the action movie. I don't think, like, have you seen those Fast and Furious movies? I have not seen. Think, I have not okay, seen again, any of the Fast. And I pity. I pity you. There's got to be a time when you're either snowed in or something, or when mm-hmm. air is going to run out in 48 hours or something. Yeah. Um, and you just happen to have that whole collection box set and a little electricity left. <laughs> uh, I would suggest watching them because right. th- they go to such a level of of stunt work. Mm-hmm. Um, action and adventure that it just blows your mind. And right. for the past four or three, The Rock's been involved. Yes. As playing this character called Hobbs, who was a, a DEA agent, right? Yeah. And he was chasing in the last movie, and that's played by The Rock. And yeah. then um, uh, Jason Statham plays this uh, Shaw guy, who's mm-hmm. the underworld's most deadly man, basically. Yeah. So these, they, they've been, the they've, through either one or the other, they've been through all of the the Fast oh, and Furious movies. Right. In, e- either one of them could hold a movie yeah. by themselves. Yeah. Put them together with Idris Elba, yeah. who's playing a genetic uh, enhanced man. Mm-hmm. So he's like calls himself Black Superman. He says, yeah, and he says yeah. in the trailer, I'm Black Superman. Right. Like, he is Black Superman. Yeah. And they have to admit, he is Black Superman. He is Black Superman. <laughs> and the yeah. stunt work and the over-the-top. And they even have a, 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 a scenes on Hawaii mm-hmm. where they have to do a haku, right? That, yeah. that uh, haku, Maori yeah. war yeah. chant, which – Thrills me to no end because now I the, can watch the trailers look insane, and I mean it's like insane. This, this is this is this is the case in point. Your old maxim: if you the higher the concept, the higher the concept, the, the more, the more full, retard full retard you have retard. to go. Yes, the more order, full the retard you must go on the execution. You must. And case in point: Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw. They have actually went more full retard. It was almost like born stillborn, right? Yeah. It was. It wasn't like there was no function left in that brain when they were done with it because <laughs> all the things they came up with. And that's why that's why it's like I say it's the evolution of the action film. Yeah. All you could do that's more exciting is put the viewer right in the movie. They tried that with that one a little while ago. What was it called? Where everything was point of view oh, from uh, the main character. It was yeah. a science fiction one. Um, oh, you'll you'll remember it in I'll Spice and Art. They're genius. Um, but it, yeah, that one was was really good too. Mm-hmm. Um, not not really good, but it, it showed the potential of it. Yeah. But that's that's got to be the next level, like where you just hear and feel everything because. Holy crap! Yeah. That was just that trailer drained me. Now I've never been—I have not actually been interested in seeing any of the Fast and Furious movies at all. But I saw this trailer, and I was completely blown away. And I right. thought I have got to go back and watch all of the. Fast you know and why? Movies. I'll tell you why I have to watch them. The first three are a little iffy, right? But yeah. once they hit their groove, like for about four or five movies in a row, and they yeah. become involved in these spectacularly huge thefts, right? That are amazingly complicated and require. But on precision timing in race cars in a crowded city at night, right? Being pursued by not only soldiers but cops and whatever else is in their way, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, the way they construct the the the, the heists, yeah. When when they're done, they almost explain to you maybe what you missed, right? When did we do this? When did we, you know, show our card to you, right? That you should have noticed, mm-hmm. and you realize how subtle it is. That you saw some things and you didn't go, oh, now I know what they're going to do. Because they show you after and go, oh, that's how they did that. That's why they did that. <laughs> and then I never saw it, yeah. right? And you got bad, good villain like Charlie Theron was in the, the last one with uh, Vin Diesel. Mm-hmm. Um, the one where they're on the ice and a submarine comes through the ice and they're riding these <laughs> revved up snow machines, right? Uh-huh. Unbelievable stunt work. Okay, so um, now I have to go back humor, and sense that. of humor and uh, this this. Uh, belief in family and each other. They've, all of them got really got neat relationships with each other. And actually, what's really cool is that Gal Gadot was in a couple of the early ones. Oh, really? Our, our Wonder Woman, which she was probably Woman, about yeah. 15, 20 pounds less of muscle and had, was really statuesque still, though. Uh-huh. And that smile and sense of humor. And she's just a really good actress yeah. um, for these kind of adventure action movies, right? She's, yeah. she's, she's good enough actress to be in, in serious stuff uh-huh. that she, can, she just kills it in these... Uh, genre pictures you know i see the little clips of her and the the gifts and stuff and and it's just when you realize just the little look she gives and everything like when she looks up and says children i'm working with children after they <laughs> defeat like the justice league you know yeah. And, yeah. you know when they're all celebrating yeah. but she's got that smile on her face like oh god those are my boys yeah you know <laughs> or when charlie wanted to quit in wonder woman 
And she just says, well, who will sing for us, Charlie? And he just like, it blew his mind, right? Yeah. That he had any other purpose than to kill another person. Mm. That he did, she didn't value him for his ability to kill somebody. She valued him for his singing voice. Yeah. And she needed that around. So Charlie just, yeah, okay. Yeah. And it was the right thing to say to a guy with PTSD at the right moment. Yeah. I mean, wow. Because he would have hated himself more if he quit. Mm-hmm. And he left her, you know? Yeah. yeah. And that always gets me, oh, every time when I think of Charlie. Oh. All right. So or on the expanse, too, Cochier? Cochier. Uh, Cochier. Yeah. Yeah. Again, Cochier. go to the Cave of Cool if you love the expanse. If you've seen the expanse, don't go there if you've not seen the expanse because it has spoilers in it. But the, the relationship between um, Cochier and, and uh, Avasarala, uh, the, 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 the woman who's trying to keep the, uni- well, the universe from killing each other, the solar system from killing each other, uh, one person, he's her spy, he's her, her hatchet man, he's her, her agent, her protector, her bodyguard. Yeah. And she, they've got a really interesting back relationship, and he's got a really great relationship with the um, uh, the girl that uh, plays the Marine. Bobby. Gunny. Bobby, Bobby. yes, Bobby. the Marine. They have an interesting – and they have that great line between them, you know? Yeah. Good work, good work, Marine. Yeah. Same to you, spy. Same to you, spy. Right? Yeah. Same to you, spy. Yeah. You know, and they just – they got each other, right? Yeah. yeah. But just – he's such a great actor. He was in Spartacus. Um, playing um, uh, Asher, a really treacherous character. And he was in all the Spartacus series, so he survived all that bloodshed. And he was basically a dickhead who worked for the, the Romans to oppress the gladiators, right? Yeah. And he'd think he'd get his throat cut at least once, but no. Okay. And again, the actor plays him is so good at that kind of like playful kind of interplay. Like he, He's really a bad guy, but he'll charm in enough, like a yeah. cobra, so that you, you freeze and then he strikes. Uh, Kachar Ghazi. Kachar Ghazi, right. Yes. And, and she has that great voice in Avicerella. And he's played by uh, Nick, Nick Tarabay. Nick Tarabay. Okay, thank you. Nick Tarabay. Again, anything he's in, once you see Gold Cave of Cool, as you're scrolling through, um, if you've seen The Expanse, you're going to remember this. It's got a great edit of his whole kind of story arc with Avicerella and the proto-molecule. And uh, just from – it was his kind of um, Hail Mary mission and really great impact on that whole show. Like that, that it was a really emotional moment, and it's one of the things about the expanse that when they go to Amazon, I'm going to give them all the support I can give them. Yeah, because that show for three seasons was magnificent. Yeah, but realistic anyway, space adventure. Love the love the expanse. Let's get back to the Umbrella okay. Academy though. When we last left our heroes. Yes. Uh, let's see. Um, so we were talking about um, the the the, okay. the, 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 the show stopping moments. Okay, because every, every episode has a show stopping moment, which and it's usually great, musical, musically and, related. Yes, and they have a great intro, too, that always yeah. shows that umbrella falling. Yeah. There's some kind of umbrella motif that has the title. Yeah, every episode's got a Every episode. I know. But there, there's the I Think We're Alone Now sing, song where they all do their little dance in their own little individual places. Yep. Yep. And that's a video. You can watch it on, on YouTube now. Second episode had this amazing sequence in the um, in the in the clothing store where Hazel and Cha-Cha are – they've cornered yes. number five in the clo- – and it was – uh, Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. Yes, right. Uh, where they're basically they're shooting up this place, and, and right. number five is teleporting all over the place and 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 kicking their asses. Yeah, it's a, no, it's an amazing show. It, it really each, is because each, you see a lot of unexpected things. Yeah. And sometimes the there's not it's not violent, but it is action packed and often over the top. Yeah. Which it should be. It should. And, now the, and, the, one of the things that I I it's very deliberate. The comic books. The one thing I love about the comic the comics. Is Gabriel Ba's artwork, Gabriel Ba's, you know, uh, um, wow. inks, and, and and that's they've done the best that they can do to try right. and translate that. Now, right. I mean, he's got this, you know, stylized artwork. That, but you know what? That, it's so perfect because we've never seen that style before. He's yeah. got a genius of, of of point of view, right? Mm-hmm. He'll show a character reacting to something else that's off the page, mm-hmm. but you know from the look on that character's face whether it's good, bad, dangerous, yeah. life-threatening, comical. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't need to show you a lot to convey a lot. Yeah, he's he's got a very good. Yeah, he conveys emotion through you know through just right very and simple style, lines. It's very yeah, simple it, stylized. Right now, it's that's one of the things that I'm I'm disappointed that didn't get was able to translate well into the series because you're you know it's a live action series you can't do that. But you know um, what the fact is that is that it's strong enough that every panel you can read extra things into them. Yeah. That's why I think it was so successful the way they expanded the characters. Mm-hmm. Like if you've just read Apocalypse Suite, you're going. Boy, there must be other series because I missed something. Yeah. Right. And that's the way. It didn't feel like that for me and you because we've read the comics. Yeah. Right. Uh, for the most part. Uh, so this was almost a gift to us. Like, how would they adapt it? 
Uh, they would either disappoint us, but I think longtime fans of the material are, are very pleased. Maybe overly so. It's almost like don't tell anybody because they're going to know how good this is. Yeah. Um, now, I, I, was, I actually had not read the comic books until I saw the first episode. I saw the first episode okay. of the show, and I thought, i got to stop. i got to read the comic books. So I went and read the Apocalypse Suite. So I was a little bit, you know, it's like, I, I really like that stylistic, stylized artwork. And it, you right. know, the character's a little different. And, you know. Well, the uh, costume of the, the, the white violin, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, the white you, violin. You look in the comic book, it's yeah. very tight, very superhero-ish, beautiful yeah. design work. Yeah. Very yeah. simple, but beautiful with her powers and the violin. And her, powers, her powers in the comic book are just off the chart. I mean, she right. you know, does a, a thing on her, you know, she just sort of strokes the violin and people get cut in half. I mean, she's right. yeah. you know, very powerful. I mean, heads explode. I mean, she's I, just... I, I don't think the comic the, or the t television series did a... I don't, I don't think it captured that quite as well. I, but again, maybe that's good that they, they pulled back because, again, that, that yeah. Hazel and Chacha thing could have been more blood-soaked than it that's was. True. Right? And they decided to do a slow burn with Vanya, and particularly as she's played by Ellen Page. Right. And at first you're going, Ellen, come on, perk up, little girl, right? Come on, <laughs> I've seen you, Ellen, yeah, right? But that's the whole idea. That's right, and she channeled that well. And mm -hmm. now you saw the lifetime of pain. So when she erupted mm -hmm. uh, in her powers, yeah, I mean it was generally scary. Yeah, and she played that fear very well. Mm -hmm. And and the evil of the person that that exploits her mm -hmm. um, is again, it's fascinating to watch. And I applauded Just, that choice. I mean, the, the I, did, comic, I did too. The comic book was, I think if we would have saw a costume fancy orchestra of evil killers, yeah, everybody would have went, "Oh fuck!" Right? Yeah, that that that's very much like a you know. Sort of a, that's a comic old, book idea. That's the sort of something you'd see in the old Avengers, you know. Right, you know, and that's John the great Steve, part. You, you just know. hit you just hit the the perfect thing, it like the old Avengers. That that comic book series, Apocalypse, we built up from a a, a team you had no idea was mm -hmm. right till the final episode when you thought they had an entire universe full of characters that you couldn't wait to meet. Mm -hmm. It's like you read a comic book for the first time. You know what I mean? That's yeah. the feeling I got from it. It's like, okay, oh wow, ooh, ooh. what 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 other things did they do when they were teenage superheroes, right? They must have tons of other villains. I mean, how did they defeat them all this time? I could, I I want to get one to fifty Umbrella Academy, right? Yeah, yeah. And it would be by all the great artists of from the 1980s, right, or 1990s all up to now. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It, it's just. Uh, and yeah, gave, when they and, were when they were pre preteen superheroes, that's when all of the action happened. Yeah. Right, and the that's training the they went through. How many pages did any um, X Men writer get out of showing um, the Danger Room? Oh, right, they, all, almost every issue. Every like, issue, because it's fascinating. Room. How does yeah. a mutant train to use their powers? Mm -hmm. And they are basically mutants. Basically, yeah. Not yeah. not superly overpowered mutants, but powerful enough in the right situations to alter history. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, they and they don't get their shit together. Yeah. Which, again, is, is so interesting because mm -hmm. if, if you looked at Captain America and said, oh, man, he don't got his shit together, right? The movie falls apart, yeah. <laughs> you know? Even yeah. in Endgame, you know, Cap's, Cap's a little whiny and he's a little sad, but uh, his shit is together, yeah. he's, right? He's, got, he's Captain America. He's That's right. When, when the moment comes when he can actually act and do something, yeah. um, he's not going to fail anybody. That's right. Because that's Cap. He's been waiting for this for six years, right? Mm -hmm. And, again, that's something else we've got to talk about. It's coming, man. I've been very lucky to avoid major spoilers, and I think the studios should be applauded. Something this universally beloved and, and huge on the planet Earth, um, I can't believe that they kept all from us that they did. Yep. Yep. I hear the last I, eight I, minutes will, will blow away anything anybody's ever seen before, story-wise, special effects-wise. Yeah. There's little featurettes and stuff. I'm avoiding them. Don't want to look. Don't want to see. But I do see a lot of the, um, um, the press tour. Uh, yeah. Especially like Stephen Colbert again. Go to the Cave of Cool, people. There's nothing but cool on the Cave of Cool. Um, uh, they, the press tour on Stephen Colbert, and they did one question for the Avengers, yeah. and it was like all kinds of like really funny things by you know, Don Cheadle and all those guys. And of course, Thor. It, there's a joke about uh, Thor's Allen wrench. Mm -hmm. You know get, that he got at IKEA, and yeah. of course it's like his his hammer, but it's his other toolbox, right? He's yeah. got a clamp yeah. in there. He's got a you know pair of uh, reverse pliers, you know, um, wrench. Uh, but then he's got a huge Allen key, and the joke of it is funny. And people, they were actual questions that people just asked on the street, mm -hmm. and then they would answer them. But they were all game for the joke, right? Yeah. And they all just kind of you know, um, uh, they were they were into the joke, which was very funny, and you could yeah. see on their faces they were having a great time. And I've seen guys like uh, um, Cor uh, Corden, um, 
Again, James, I, Corden. I, James Corden. I never watch his show, but I've seen the clips he's done with these Avengers twice, and and uh, and Tom Cruise that one when they go skydiving. I recommend you guys watch that one. It is beautiful. If you've ever hated Tom Cruise, like I hate Tom Cruise, um, because he runs every goddamn place he, he goes and every movie he goes, um, rides a motorcycle, runs, jumps, flies, jumps, punches, flies again, runs, climbs, um, um, works vehicle, all that stuff. Um, but he is so relentlessly charming. Uh, when he goes skydiving with James Corden, that you love yeah. him. Yeah. You just go, what a great guy. So any, I would hang out with that thing, Scientology-loving yeah. bastard. Any any sort of animosity you have towards Tom Cruise, you watch that video, you'll be... It fades away in the air. Fades, it yeah. just does. Mm-hmm. And uh, and again, again, his greatest movie is still um, um, uh, Day, Day After Tomorrow, which is Live, Die, Repeat, however they name it. Oh, um, yeah. What he did with Emily Blunt is yeah. brilliant, and he was very good in it. And it just wrenches your heart, and it's got such a great ending. Again, another movie that was very well thought out, like The Umbrella Academy. Very well thought out. Yeah, The Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Worth seeing. Well, back to The back to the Umbrella Academy. Okay. So, now you, you've seen the entire thing, right? You know what? I have not. Okay. So let's let, – you know, let's leave – I'm going to 8 and 9. I ended with – what happened? The, the the confrontation between Allison and Vanya, which you know where it's coming. They're the two yep. girls in that house. One yep. was treasured and beloved, mm-hmm. and and crushed on by her quote unquote brothers. Yes. And had an easy ride, and the other one was just abused. Abused, ignored, abused, ignored. And of course, the girls in the family have all the power. When yep. you realize it, the boys are are reckless with their power, and mm-hmm. their powers are basically useless on on the scale that these girls are dealing with. Yeah. Um, and it's like anything in life, right? The girls have got the greater journey or the harder journey. Yeah. Little white boys, I mean, come on, you and me. We yeah. sh- in, a, in a normal society, in Spartan society, we wouldn't have made it to our first, you know, night out by ourselves, right? Yeah. For food, well, right? Yeah. We would have never, you know, yeah. we were the one getting beaten for getting caught stealing the chicken because you don't get <laughs> you don't get punished for stealing the chicken. Yeah. You get caught for getting you get punished for getting caught stealing, the, caught chicken. stealing the chicken. Right. Yeah. That's that's Spartan society in a in a nutshell, right? So they yeah. encourage you to be they keep you a little starved, so they encourage you to be thieving and scheming and, and when a guy comes out in the morning and he's got seven chickens instead of eight, he smiles a little bit, right? Because oh they got me. They got me the little bastards, right? So uh, it, you well, know, it really now, sets your bar, yeah. I think. Uh but okay. Uh Umbrella Academy, it's eight episodes? I think. Uh, no, it it's nine? ten. It's it's ten. thirteen. It's, no, it's, it's thirteen episodes. Let me look. Let me look. Let me look. How many? And again, I can't let it go, man. Yeah. I get to that point where I've got two episodes left. Uh, I went through the exact same thing with Serenity. Uh, exact same thing with with Matador. Um, I had all the episodes, and I'm just I, I sat on the last two or three because I just didn't want it to end. Yeah. Now and there then, will be a season two. There are a season two. There, there there will be a season two. Yeah. Which is great because, uh, you know, the comics continue too, and the comics are just as good. And uh, uh, one more other thing you should remember. When this comic series, in, um, Apocalypse Suite, came out, it won two Eisner Awards in the same year. Now, for best series, best limited series, and best finite series, yes. because nobody at the time, it was, there was never any mention of a sequel or anything. This was something that, this was a vanity project that this, you thought, oh, this little punk, the little music punk coming to my comic world. What does he know? <laughs> Seems yeah. he knows quite a bit. What, <laughs> he's he, read his Gerard, comics. Gerard books. Way, I mean, he's this evil exactly. bastard thinks he can write a comic book. Exactly. He, did, and he won an Eisner Award. That's he won two of them. And yeah. it, that is so rare. I think only Mouse and one other one. I think the, originally Eisner himself, yeah. like years later, went two in one year. Like one Life Achievement Award yeah. that everyone else voted for him. But but it, that is so rare that it got two in its very first uh, mm-hmm. first series. Very and that says series. everything about the, the comic book community yeah. and what they thought of that book. Yeah. It's the same thing with the with our generation that have seen everything. Like think of what we've seen in theaters. Mm-hmm. Then we had access to videos. Now we've got access to unlimited download mm-hmm. of anything you could possibly want to see. I mean, I get some recommendations from people. I will get to it, but I I can't promise when. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm uh, have bad enough time staying current. Got a lot to get through. Um, one of the things that did I thought the most successful thing that translated from the comic books to the TV series was Doctor Pogo. Oh, wasn't that a great effect? I love Dr. Pogo. Right. He's, he's a, an old chimpanzee with wisdom. He's a chimpanzee, yeah. He's, and he uh, loves these children. Yeah, he's raised yeah. them. Yeah. Which is just, it's not not explained at all. No. You know, in the comic books. He's their uncle. Like, he's their monkey just, uncle. He's, he's a talking chimpanzee. Mm-hmm. You know, I, who knows? Reginald Hargreaves must have, may have done some genetic tinkering. Who knows? Well, hey, he took but his own son and gave him a gorilla body, right? Yeah. yeah well, that's gorilla true. body. 
Um, so, but you know, there it is. Uh, um, <laughs> Dr. Yeah. Pogo. And, Dr. and he's, he's just, he looks just like the comic books. Right. He's a short little chimp in a suit, tiny little chimp in a, little in a beautiful three piece. With a little old glasses. Suit. Yeah. With glasses. And he lives in the library and he's very smart and very emotional. Yeah. And, he, he knows how. He doesn't know really how to deal with these children because he's also been under the foot of this maniac Hargreaves mm-hmm. for a long time, longer than all of them. And he's got his secrets mm-hmm. that, about these children that he doesn't want to tell. Yeah. But again, and their mother is interesting too. You know, she's got uh, well, let's say um, performance issues. Yes. What we say her warranty needs to be updated. <laughs> now this right? is she's she's. I mean, it, it, at first you would think, well, you know, she's just normal. But then you, a 50s uh, you, mom. you reveal what she actually is, which yeah. is made more plain in the comic books. And, and in the comic books, she's actually not. Well, know, so we can I tell. Mean, can we tell people? I guess we'll have to say spoiler yeah. alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. She's an uh, android. She's an android. Now, in but the in, comic, the, in, the, in the comic book, she's yeah. actually she's got a, like almost a haberdasher body. She's just like. A, yeah. A, she a bought computer, her top part is like a mannequin. Yeah. A dress mannequin, but the bottom part is still the, the stand the mannequin sits on. Yeah, right. But but still that's the, that's still their mother. It's like it's yeah, right. it's kind of like a um, there there was an old experiment they did where um, they they had a uh, a monkey and they they had an artificial mother and one of them had a had fur wrapping and the other one was just sort of you know barbed chicken wire wrapped around right. and and, and right. they they you know the the one that had the the fur wrapping was the, the monkey was more socialized than the one that just had the the barbed wire mother. Gee, so it's think, like but that's and that's think? kind of well, that's why that's they just they, light the mother on fire. But that's that's what they that's that's the whole point of the series er, 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 yeah. and in the series and in the comic books is that yeah. it's she's the mother figure. And I mean, it doesn't matter whether she's got like artificial right. skin or, or 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 whether she's just like a framework. I mean, it's the mother, and they 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 drive to it. You know, they, they yeah. And when you realize because because their their father figure is not there, not there. Right, right. And the mother figure treats them with compassion. Mm-hmm. She she cares about them. She learns about them. Yeah. She 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 learns what they like and what they don't like, mm-hmm. and she picks them up when they fall. And there's a really great scene early on after you know that she's an android, um, that that you see her, the way she she helps Diego, who obviously has got trauma, right? Because mm-hmm. he's probably thrown his knives at some things that died that maybe he didn't want. They shouldn't have died, but yeah. you know, because in the heat of the moment or whatever. Mm-hmm. So this poor little kid's got some issues like they all do. Yeah. And just the way the compassion and stuff, it's it's very touching. The whole thing is touching in a way, you know. And the, and the TV series is—I mean, they—they've expanded the whole thing in the comic books, and they've—and as we mentioned, the musical numbers. They've got a lot of great music in the. the it, it would rival the Guardians of the Galaxy for yeah. just great yeah. um, old-time uh, hits, and the, the hits they picked were were just—they have this emotional resonance with us, right? Exactly. Like of all the yeah. Queen songs they could pick, why not pick a really great one that we've not heard a billion I, times? Don't don't stop me now. Don't yeah. stop me now, and it's got that driving beat. Yeah. So that that sets the whole mood or yeah. the tone or the pace yeah. of that 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 assassination scene. And where two that, very highly skilled assassins with machine right. guns are trying yeah. to kill one little kid in his little uh, British uh, schoolboy's outfit. Yeah. Right. As and, he and of course, around the room. Yeah. And, and there's the scene later on where they attack Luther, and of course it's it's set to Sinner Man, which I think is contractually obligated to be in right. every TV series right. now. But Nina Simone's Sinner Man. But yeah. uh, I just want to talk about Aiden, Aiden Gallagher, who plays number five. Yes, he's the youngest member of the cast because he's he come back into his young body. He's the only yes. one who's still young. Aiden Gallagher is a 15-year-old actor. He's a very talented guy. My God, he you would never a, think he was a kid. You, a I singer. never thought he was 15 he, for a second. He's an actor. He's a singer. He's a songwriter. He has. He's he's like an activist. He's he's been a uh, really he's, cool. He's addressed the UN. I mean, you know. Could you imagine him and Ellen Page in the same freaking room? Yeah, I mean, when they're tired with a little bit of coffee in them. Yeah, Holy shit. I mean, this they're this kid is way. so talented. And the first thing I thought when I saw him as playing young number five, uh, he would make an excellent Harlan Ellison if they ever did a Harlan Ellison yes. biopic. The look on his is, face. This is that the kid look of half disgust with the dummies in the room. Next yeah, to him. yeah. Even at fifteen, he could do the job. You know, because yep. he's amazing talented. Amazingly talented. I, amazingly talented. And he's so good in this. He drives this whole story, of course, because eight days. This the whole the whole series takes place within an eight day time frame. And so you think, oh my God, I've got to learn all about their backstory, mm-hmm. all about what's going on now, and understand it. Then understand that the world is going to end in eight days, mm-hmm. and learn all the things about them and this event that happened, and see it all unfold in front of you when you yep. know the ending is coming, mm-hmm. and and you really hope that they're going to pull it out. And I got two episodes, and again, I promise you, by the next time we talk, I will have 
all kinds of neat little um, Umbrella Academy trivia, and and uh, we'll have our full. We'll both give our full kind of instead of. I'm sorry. Sometimes I interrupt you. I think too much. Um, I really do, and, <laughs> you, and a, you struggle you know, to get things out. And I think afterwards you need a nap because you've just been <laughs> pummeled like Hellboy pummels you, right? <laughs> Hellboy, yeah. Uh, and uh, we, we have, maybe we can talk about Hellboy. I haven't seen Hellboy. Have you seen Hellboy? Again, well, yes, I have. Okay. And the greatest thing is, is that. I will probably be one of the few people on the planet that will be with the people who actually liked it, the 15% <laughs> who liked it, because it got hammered. It got slammed. It's, yeah, it's uh, David Harbour is in now playing Hellboy. That was Ron Perlman for two mm-hmm. great movies, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, Guillermo del Toro uh, did the first two Hellboys, and he did a really faithful um, uh, adaption of the comic books. Mm-hmm. On, a, on a character is pretty damn high concept. I mean, he is the um, – he fights – the things that go bump in the night, basically. He's a monster who fights other monsters. Yes. And he was uh, summoned from hell by the Nazis to be their weapon boy by Rasputin. Yes, the Rasputin. The Rasputin, uh, yes. To be their weapon of, uh, to bring about the end of the world. Uh, but he, he was found by a Dr. Bloom um, who worked for the uh, government uh, investigating these kind of things and making sure they didn't happen. And instead of killing Hellboy as a child, uh, he adopted him and raised him. Yep. So he's a monster that's been raised by a, a brilliant distant father, again, Umbrella Academy themes, yep. right? And has to re- react to the life he's been suddenly thrust into, right? Mm-hmm. Or he's been in it a long time, but this, this adventure that could end the world. Yep. Because Mila Jovovich, this immortal witch whose head has sat in a box for centuries, right? So you know how <laughs> pissed off Mila can be when that happens. Yeah. She cranks it, the, the, her tone of her performance up to an 11 and never stops. Okay. It's like she screams about how she's going to, I'm going to destroy humanity. I, you will be my, my trolls. You'll be my, you know, just, she just orders everyone around. Why yeah. would anyone follow this witch? Because she acts like a witch. Uh-huh. I just wanted to tell her, shut the hell up for a minute and let people think because you know we want to help you we want to end the world we want to come all the monsters want to come out of the shadows and if we could be honest here you're not really a monster you kind of look like Mila Jovovich right so calling yourself the queen of the monsters it's not going to work right maybe have a scar Carrie Underwood again you know so uh, she she plays it right to an 11 even at the last even to the very last scene she has in the movie David Harbour from Stranger Things uh, plays Hellboy now he actually gets better he's a little little, tiny bit jarring at the beginning because Ron Perlman is the gold standard in anything like this, well, right? Yeah. Yeah. The voice and everything. But Harbor, I'm telling you, by the end of it, you're really on his side. Mm-hmm. And you really wanted it to work. Now, every character gets a backstory. Mm-hmm. There's Alice, who could be the Alice in Wonderland, of course, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this other character becomes a were jaguar. He's like, yes. a, turns into a puma. He's puma man, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, and they give him his backstory. And then there's all these other fight pieces and action pieces. And they're so well done, and of course, characters can only jump at each other, slash at each other, punch each other, shoot at each other so many times, right? Mm-hmm. So many different ways. So when you've seen that happen the tenth thousandth time, it kind of you numbs your brain, mm-hmm. and the sound is loud, the music's loud, and I, I think if people watch this like a year from now on TV, yeah. you will not turn away because there's enough to interest you or to laugh at. Okay. Now, um, it's not not doing very well in the theaters. No, it barely made 18 million and it's got like a 50 million dollar budget. Yeah, They're already writing it off. But, but you 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 recommend it. You I re- again, I know the kind of people that will like this. Yeah. It's really technically well made mm-hmm. and they give you a, it's like it, when your mom's not making your lunch and she doesn't care what you get, right? It's like when your baba comes to town and she makes your lunch. Yeah. I mean, and you get like, you know, three puddings and you're like, I don't need three puddings, but I'll take three puddings because I can trade them for other things. Right. Um, You know, I live in that kind of environment now, like junior high school. It's a trade. You know, it's like being in prison. Puddings are cigarettes. Right. Yeah. Um, So it's the difference. It's so overstuffed Mm -hmm. that when they actually do get to the big um, denouement, it's like, wow, (laughs) I didn't see that coming because it's so over the top. Um, and again, it got, it's got Ian McShane in it, who is yes. so good in anything. But Ian McShane will go in any kind of crap. He, yeah. he did the remake of um, Death Race 2000, again, with Jason Statham, which is a fantastic um, action movie. Have you seen that one? I have not seen the remake, no. Okay, the remake with Jason Statham is good. Even the second one that went kind of direct to video yeah. with a different guy playing the, the Jason Statham part is good. Um, it's just, the concept is very strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, they did a really good job with the first movie. You know, it's it is death race, but it's death race inside a prison, where if you win five races again, you get your freedom. Yeah. And so Statham is the guy who's, of course, uh, um, falsely imprisoned, oh. 
and he has to kind of win the race and beat the corporate structure who shows this this show on TV, of course, right? right. To huge ratings, bloody ratings, and they're encouraged to kill each other. And these are the worst of the worst, right? right. So it, it's really well done. Great character actors, you know, Don, uh, John, um, uh, Danny Trejo. Of course, he's a standard in these kind of movies, right? Yeah. But they're all very good and it's very top-notch. So, again, Jason Statham came out big this week, yeah. I think, yeah. when I think about good things he's been in. Yeah, he's, uh, he's done a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, and Ian McShane does a lot of stuff. Yeah. Some are good, some are good, not so good. Yeah, he's in, in all the John Wick movies. Uh, yes. And he's in uh, American Gods as well. Which is yes. So yeah. um, just just before we let's, – let's just I, – uh, so Hellboy not doing so well. Nope. Umbrella Academy did really well when it first came out. It's still Fantastic. available on Netflix. If you want Please to see watch it, it. Yep. watch it on Netflix. Find the comic book somewhere by Gerard Way. They are fantastic comic books. Um, uh, yeah, the if you haven't read a comic book in a long time, think of it as kind of a really good novel. The Apocalypse Suite, Dallas, and uh, Hotel Oblivion. Oh, Hotel Oblivion. Stories. So there are, three, there are three limited series, and you don't need to know anything going in. No, just they, read them. They tell, just be amazed. Uh, and yeah, the Umbrella Academy on Netflix, very well recommended, high, highly recommended way to spend. Yep. You know, if you and again, binge something, I could have only been disappointed, guys. Yeah. I mean, the, I could have only been let down after how great that comic book was. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I probably three times I've bought the, the complete series, like when it been at some kind of show or something, and I've seen like the guy selling comics, right? Yeah. And I'll go through them. They were put together. Like I got one like for 15 bucks, and they were all like boarded and bagged, and they were really high quality uh, copies. And I've bought, I have I, around here probably got three sets of, of that, two that I've never read, but one that's read to death. Yeah. You know, because it's one of those things you keep by your bed, and I keep get, getting into the comics, and um, that's great because I can watch, read any comic I want these days, um, but I don't because I just got too many other things to do. Um, so again, it's a nice little take your mind away from other things, and then watch the the series. I wouldn't, I think I wouldn't watch the series and go back. I think I'd read the comic first and then watch the series. Yeah, yeah. I, it will. I, it I will. It. Will, you don't need to read the comic book series, but it'll just enrich the in the experience so much more. I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, fantastic series, very, uh, very entertaining, very you know, and memorable. Yeah. It's going to be memorable. with me a long and, time. And, and of and course, I'm happy I, that... you know, uh, film in Ontario, a lot of good Canadian actors in it. Colm Fior plays Colm Fior, Reginald, Reginald and he, Hargreaves. And you uh, don't really uh, recognize him. No, you don't see him. He's only in flashback because he's dead. Well, but he's not he's even in the makeup and, and his acting. Yeah, I don't. I didn't look and go. I had to be told it was Colm Fior. Yeah, but, you know. Uh, Come for if you're Canadian, you know he was in the Good Cop, Bunk Cop movies. Right. He was in uh, uh, Riddick. He was Riddick. in Riddick. Yeah, he's a good Canadian actor, but uh, he's he's in a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah. But he's, he's quite me. good. He's quite good in this. Um, yeah. And all, and all of the all, the all of the performances are top notch. All the acting is. Yeah, really, really good. And I think when when I heard that Ellen Page signed on to it, mm-hmm. because she's really busy with her activism, and she doesn't do a lot of work lately in television yeah. or movies, because mm-hmm. um, she doesn't need to. Yeah. Uh, I think she picks really good projects. And when I saw she got on this, um, it's probably like that, that actor you mentioned, the one who plays number five. Uh, it was that same feeling. Yeah. You know, I looked and I said, oh, wow. Okay, yeah. we, we got something good working here. Yeah. Um, and even the changes, like sometimes you think, well, the ethnic changes, mm-hmm. you know, how's that? There's always that argument, right? Because yeah. in the comic book, Rumor, Allison, number three, uh, is, is a white girl, a, go- a kind of goth girl. But in this one, she's, got, she's more ethnic. Yeah. She's more Latino. Yeah. Um, and, and she's black. Well, she's more black. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, and, the little girl that plays her as the young Umbrella Academy is is got the the, the, the crinkly hair and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. they did the same thing in Titans with Starfire. Yeah. They went the totally kind of opposite look, and it works. It, it worked in, in Titans. I liked Starfire. I, I wasn't I familiar too. with her as a comic book character, but uh, I liked Starfire in, in Titans. I did until I stopped watching because I heard the cliffhanger. So I'm yeah. not going near that one. Yeah. Until but, they, um, I saw, it bothered some people. I remember. I know Chris Lockhart said it just bothered him whenever he saw it. But, but well, it's the same know, thing as the ancient one in Doctor Strange. I mean, uh, Tilda Swinton. You yeah. know, five seconds in, I had no problem with it. Yeah. You know, because oh, okay, that's the ancient one. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you know, you know, they, they, you know, you think that they would have gone with an Asian actor, you know, but then I thought, you know, with instead of going with the human actor, they cast it Tilda Swinton. So exactly, she's a CGI effects living one. She's. I don't think she's from this planet, but no. Anyway, but um. That's another thing, but again, they, you know, with the casting of uh, um, rumor, Emmy Raven Lampman does a great job. It really, yeah, I like yeah. what nowadays there's been so many actors that they all have to have different names, so yeah. they all go to three names. Yeah, so you three can names. really come up with something creative, yeah. and that is. Uh, although uh, Tom Luther uh, Space Boy is just played by he's he only got two names, Tom Hopper. 
Uh, How can anybody not be a Tom Hopper before? Tom Hopper. He's um, an English actor, actually. But there should be more Tom Hoppers, right? Yeah. That name should have been taken. Very tall, very big guy. Yes. I mean, even without without the big the big makeup thing that they do with him, but he's he's he is a very big guy. And the Herman Munster shoes. Yeah. Yeah. But he doesn't. But you never think he's gonna overpower you and be a bully and and hurt anybody. He's the most gentle soul. Yeah. Right. Which it seems like a cliche, but it's not. Yeah. It's not the way he plays it. No. No. It's uh. It's it's he again. It's a he's a character that has depth. Yeah. And, everything's and, rewarding and, in this this yeah. show. And, and, and uh, a very good, uh, a lot of depth. Sorry, ten episodes. Ten, ten episodes, episodes. Yeah, ten episodes. Uh, dysfunctional superheroes. Right. Need we say more? Yeah. So there you go. The Umbrella Academy on Netflix and read the comic books because they won an Eisner Award for crying out loud. And, and that doesn't happen, guys. That's the best. And I mean, of the best. you don't have to like My Chemical Romance. You know. You no. Nope. If you're not none of his emo, are in there. And that's, his his ego's not so huge. He's a little humble now that maybe he's got the a little. He's a little chubby. Right? Yeah. You yeah. can't fit into those tight little um, motorcycle <laughs> pants anymore, right? Those are yeah. either your son and garage still because he's not going back yeah. there again. Or the, the emo, emo goth sort of, you know, Sergeant yeah. Pepper's thing. That's that how they all end up. Know. That's how yeah. we all end up. It's like when you see the guy in The Cure. Um, Robert when you Smith, see him, yeah. Yeah, Robert Smith, when you see him yeah. in, in the concert these days, he still looks like he's 15. Yeah. Right? With the bad hair, and it doesn't look good on a 60 year old, right? <laughs> it just yeah. doesn't. Yeah. Brian no. May can make that work. But uh, no, yeah. Robert Smith can't make that work. Not, no, not, not really, no.
This has been a COC production.